Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. We hope today's conversation will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. Um, we are uh, going through a little bit of an experiment right now. You guys are probably used to uh, a little bit of a different introduction, a little bit of a different format. Uh, we, we, we switched over. We are, we are now actually on Blog Talk Radio, something I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, I have actually, you know, in my personal, I guess, consumption of podcasts and whatnot, actually spent a, a decent amount of time uh, listening to some of the different shows here on Blog Talk Radio, um, and I'm kind of excited about some of the, the new capabilities we've got going on here, um, and some, uh, some added advantage to get some, some really cool and exciting guests. Um, so again, welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. It's our first show of the new year, our first show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host. I'm Rob Haupt. I am... Vice President here at Autism Spectrum Therapies. Uh, we're an agency that provides um, primarily ABA services, but really overall support and services to individuals and families with autism. Um, I myself, I'm an ABA guy. I am a board-certified behavior analyst who has about a dozen years' experience working with kids and with families and designing ABA programs. Uh, now I'm officially probably uh, working in my fifth or sixth different state uh, across the country, which is which is pretty cool and exciting, just because of all the different perspectives. Um, so hopefully a lot of you guys have uh, are return listeners to the show. Um, it will be interesting to see as we as we get used to this new format, some of the new tools here. Uh, to how some of our technology works, as well as uh, some of the sound clips. So if it's a, a little bit of a funky show, a little bit wonky, uh, you know, I apologize, but I, I'm sure you guys are, are used to bearing with us, and, and flexibility is something that we all kind of have had to embrace over over the years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a new year. It's 2014. I'm really, really in shock that that we are in the new year. I was, I was talking to, um, to my boss earlier today, looking out the window, and she's like, can you believe it's January? And I was like, no, it looks like April. I feel like it's April 2013 when I look outside. Um, but then again, when I'm, when I'm in some other places and I talk to my parents back in New York, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they can believe all too well that it's January. Um, that cold front that we just had was, was pretty gnarly and, uh, my mom, being a school teacher, was letting me know that trying to go to school to teach high school kids at 6 a.m. when it's two degrees outside was was quite an ordeal. It was quite an interesting experience for her. Um, but you know, this this last I don't know. It's been a few weeks since we've had a show since the holidays. Um, you know, these last few weeks have been really, really interesting for me. I've, I've actually spent quite a bit of time with our team in New Orleans and. Really spent a lot of time working with this little this little group of of young behavior analysts and and talking to a, a few different parents about kind of the new year and, and where to move programs and how to drive programs and you know one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is generalization and I, I had this this awesome conversation um, with this. This really great mom. You know, we, we actually haven't met. We've, we've only spoken over the phone, and we've spoken a few times. She was kind of filling me in about her own personal background and her own personal experiences. And as she's going through it and filling me in, and we're talking about her son's program, she, she lets me know that she actually has some experience doing ABA. And she's like, you know, I, I totally get what you're doing. I get how this is going to work. I remember doing it in a, in a previous life, maybe I think she told me maybe like 10 years ago. And what I thought was really interesting was what her telling me that as much as she got ABA um, exposure as a professional in a previous life, 
Now as a mom, she's like, I need this parent participation. I need this exposure from you of what is it that you're doing all over again. You know, she was amazed by how much she actually forgot. And we were, a big part of our conversation was trying to figure out how to get her more involved in the program. And this was her own request. She wanted to be more involved. Um, we were adding extra hours and some extra times where she could be there, where she wouldn't have any, um, any conflicts with some of her other obligations. Um, and I just thought it was so interesting. Here's someone who's done this work for a living. This was, at what point in time, her job doing ABA, providing ABA treatment. And even she's like, I don't remember. I don't remember what I was doing. I don't remember how to do all of it. And she said, and even if I did, doing it with my own child is going to require some, some work. And we weren't talking about teaching her how to run a, a discrete trial. You know, it wasn't about teaching her how to be a therapist all over again. It was, it was the science. It was the concepts. And I thought this was just a really, a, a really good reminder of just how complicated some of what we do can be, as well as how hard it can be for a parent. Um, you know, this is someone who's done this for a, a living, and they're expressing uncertainty. Imagine a parent who's doing this for the very first time and, or doesn't even know what ABA is. Uh, it, it's a completely different experience. And I think it's one that we all take for granted. You know, and I don't just mean you know, me as professionals. I'm thinking of, of the entities that probably fund these services, um, probably family members, you know, uh, and, and parents themselves. It's, it, it, it's a bigger, more complicated thing than, I, and, than we can really appreciate. Um, and it's great to have moms like this kind of remind us of that, that this takes time, this takes effort, um, this takes some real dedication. It, it's not just something you snap your fingers and you get and you understand. It's something that you really have to work at and study. Um, I've used the analogy before um, through uh, a friend of our show, um, Dana Weber, it's a science. It, it's like chemistry. It's like physics. It, it's something you, you know, you don't snap your fingers and say, I'm, I now know chemistry. You, you take classes. You have to learn it. And you need someone who, who has studied it to teach it to you. And, and that's truly what we're talking about here. And it's just, it, it's just exciting to, for me to have this conversation and, and to be part of, again, that partially that discovery, but also this, this parent just motivated, dedicated, excited themselves to get into a program. And, and then we spent the rest of our conversation figuring out what are the right activities to participate in? What are the right strategies you want to learn? What is it we're going to do next? And how can I get you situated today to be prepared for the goals that we're going to be working on a month, two months, three months from now? And that was just awesome. That was just a fun exciting conversation and her son's making progress. I know she's really pleased with what she's seeing outside of therapy, which is the most important thing. You know, it's not about what's happening when I'm there or when her therapist is there. It's when everyone's gone home at the end of the day or on the weekend when it's just mom and son, what is she seeing? And she's saying, I'm seeing this, this progress. I'm seeing advancement. That, that's just the best. So that's my, my happy new year beginning, beginning of 2014 kind of uplifting event. Um, so let's get to, uh, let's get to our guest. Uh, just like last year, we're going to have a guest each week. Uh, and today I am joined by, um, by Armin Cody. And uh, Armin is working towards uh, positively shifting the perception of what autism is. And he's trying to do this on a worldwide level through his blog. Um, he's also working with YouTube videos, empowerment groups, documentaries, and some speaking engagements. Um, his desire is for everyone involved in the autism community to accept, understand, and communicate effectively with, with each other. Uh, Armin spent the last five years helping adults with autism by facilitating a weekly group uh, that meets here in Southern California. He's also one of the subjects uh, and who has followed for an upcoming documentary that we've talked about before, Autism in Love, um, which is slated to be released in 2014. And if you ever check out the sizzle reel of uh, the documentary, that 
we had been talking about with the, the film's producers. Uh, Armin's actually one of the very first people you see. So, uh, Armin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, you know, and I know one thing that, that we should probably clarify, I know we were talking about this before the break, um, you were active with the documentary, um, but I, I, I think because of the scope of what they were trying to do, uh, we're actually not going to be able to see too much of your story on the, on the documentary. It's just going to be really the sizzle reel where we get a little bit of exposure to, to your story, at least as it relates to the documentary, correct? Uh, yes, that, that is correct. That's a bummer because you were, you know, one of the things I was excited about, um, at least as, as I went to see the documentary, was, you know, on the scissor reel, it, it's, I know you, some of the things you were talking about and, and doing seemed really interesting. So I guess it's a blessing we have you here today so we can kind of find a little bit out and maybe fill in those holes that we won't see in the documentary. I would be glad to. I, I heard, well, I mean, at least I was told, I don't know if this will come to fruition or not, uh-huh. but it is a possibility that there will be, um, you know, bonus content on, on the DVD, Blu-ray disc. Um, so some of that might still be available at some point, but it okay. won't be, you know, in the documentary itself when it's released to theaters. Got it. Well, opportunities to talk today and maybe see that bonus content. Um, you know, I, I was kind of hoping to maybe start a little bit further back, and I was just a little bit – I was curious. Um, I know that, you know, you're, you're on the spectrum yourself, and you're doing all of this different work to raise awareness. Um, but when, when exactly were you diagnosed? Well, um, I, I'm, I've always been, you know, a bit higher functioning. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, people suspected that I was different. You know, actually in kindergarten, um, I, I was super quiet. You know, I didn't talk to the kids, and I didn't play with them, and so I was the quiet one, and, and the teacher really liked that. So um, I guess she didn't suspect anything was wrong. She just thought I didn't play with the other kids. Um, but in the second grade, you know, one of the teachers kind of figured that there was something up, and, and they were pretty positive I, I uh, was autistic. Um, but we were, we were moving to um, another state that year, so I didn't get um, diagnosed, but I got diagnosed in the third grade by the school system. Wow. And then I had a, a comprehensive diagnosis um, in the sixth grade, you know, which took place over several days by a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, you got diagnosed pretty young to truly understand probably just what this all meant, you know, a third grader compared to, maybe a high schooler or an adult, is is this something that you felt like you could embrace early on, um, like you do today, where it, it sounds like you're really embracing, you know, who you are and, and helping others, or is it something that you had to evolve to? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, but um, it... More had to do with just my mom being upset because, I mean, I understood, you know, I, I, when she explained it to me in the sixth grade, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understood, you know, that there were other people like me because, you know, she described the characteristics, you know, the hand flapping, um, you know, wanting to be left alone, you know, other aspects. And, and so I, I realized that there were other people that were kind of similar to me, and I didn't realize that before. Not that I really thought about it. But... Um, my mom became more worried about me as I got into, you know, from middle school to high school, and there was, like, an incident where uh, there was this kid in, in one of my classes who went up and said hi to me. And, of course, um, you know, I'm like, well, why, why, why are you saying hi to me? You know, I, I don't know you. And so I walked away from him, you know, as, you know, what seemed appropriate to me at the time. And my mom, of course, she... Became very upset about that, and she kept reminding me about that incident. And then there other things would come up, you know, of inappropriate social things, and um, that kind of led me to that was like the beginning stages of my awareness and leading me to think about um, how I was Im- impacted by autism and all that. 
Got it. Um, well, you know what I was I was curious about is, did you is it something that, you know, as you, as you were a teenager, you know, from middle school and high school are are really some of the most difficult years for anyone. Um, were you open with the fact that you were on the spectrum, or is it something that you were a little bit more secretive about? Well, um, I I was neither secretive nor open about it. I it just was, and if it came up, it came up. Um, yeah. I wrote in the eleventh grade. I wrote a essay about about my you know how I got to where I was at that time, mm-hmm. um, and I shared that essay with some people. So I wasn't necessarily um, against le- letting people know about it, but I didn't mm-hmm. like make a big deal out of it. Well, maybe, maybe the you know short short essay was kind of making a big deal out of it, but you know it wasn't like I I guess I wasn't hiding the fact. Right. No, that makes for. I mean, it it sounds like from an early age. Then it's not really what defined you. It was it was something about you, but it wasn't what defines you. It's just maybe an attribute. Well, that that's a that's a very interesting point to think about. Um, you know, I would say that. Yeah, it's an attribute, but, you know, in some ways it affects you, and, and the way that it affects you might sure. define you. But mm. it's a very, the, you know, what defines someone is a very complex discussion all in itself. But I would definitely say that, well, I mean, in some ways it did, but it's more like I was really obsessed with Star Wars mm-hmm. in high school. So I had a huge collection. And, you know, I mean, like, when I say huge, I don't mean, like, one bookshelf. I mean seven bookshelves and a 20-foot walk-in closet with boxes filled with stuff. Wow. Um, so I had a, this huge collection that kept growing and growing and growing. And, like, for me, Star Wars defined me at that time. But I would say that uh, that obsession was a result of um, autism right there. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. That's an interesting point. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the documentary. Um, you know, I... I'm always amazed um, and, and find interesting, you know, I, the idea of someone following me around or, or for a documentary has always actually intimidated me a little bit. Um, so yeah. I was curious what motivated you to want to be a part of Autism and Love. Well, at the time that I first met the director, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he said I was actually the main reason that they actually even started doing the documentary because they were originally doing a, a research project, mm-hmm. and um, he was helping out this guy, or actually helping out a friend from his college, um, and a friend from his college with this research project, and he, you know, he, this guy, he was a producer, and I mean, he's a producer, he worked on uh, Limitless with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro um, before Autism and Love, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think I've mentioned the fact that this was a, I felt that this was important, and this research project, you know, wouldn't necessarily reach as many people, and I felt that it had a lot of potential and that um, maybe it should be a documentary. And mm-hmm. I guess they took my suggestion, and or, or maybe they had that idea. They were in fact, I don't remember, so it was years ago. It was like two or three years ago when I first met them. So it was like about a year or two later that they actually started up the documentary. Mm-hmm. So at the time, too, like... Um, um, they did an initial interview, which wasn't used for a documentary, or which wasn't meant for a documentary, just for interviewing people. Like, like you know, like a, you sit down in the chair and they interview you and they film it. Um, so, for me, you know, I was and still am, you know, you know, wanting to find that special someone, and I felt, um, you know, that people on the spectrum, a lot of people struggle with that, but some are successful in that area. Mm-hmm. And I thought that um, it would be a great story, and I think they felt similar, and I 
we were on the same page, you know, we kind of bounced ideas back and forth. I'm not sure whose ideas were, but we were bouncing ideas back and forth, and uh, um, it eventually led to the documentary. So I met them before it was even a documentary. Oh, wow. How long did they uh, – I know they, they did follow you around for a while. How long did that last? Yes. Um, about six months. Wow. So, like, what – that seems like a huge window. Like I think about my life and all that transpires in six months. You know, yeah. what what were the, you know, what was it that, I guess, I'm kind of curious about like what what happened, but but almost more so like what did you maybe get out of that experience of, of being kind of trailed for the documentary? Well, I learned maybe how to, I learned how to be more open and to share myself more, which is a very scary experience, um, because I was, you know, it's very personal, very intimate, and you know, like some of the questions I was being asked, and like they'd interview me all the time too. So the questions got like more and more intimate, and wow. I, I answered a lot of the questions, you know, and so they were really getting, you know, really digging, and um, so I was learning how to be more open, and. Uh, um, and, you know, how to, you know, just, I think that was probably the biggest thing, you know, just learning to be more open in the show, the world of who you are, which is a very scary thought because I'm like, oh, my, you know, my parents are going to see this and other people are going to see it that know me. And um, so, yeah, oh, I think... that was definitely, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we, I think we missed what you were just saying because uh, we, we, I had a little bit of static as I was listening to you. But I think you were saying that it, um, you really learn to be more open um, for, yeah, through the interviewing correct. process. Okay. Is, is that something? Well, not just the interviewing process, the follow process, too, because, you know, I, okay. I, I went on dates. You know, I was meeting, I met a few girls. Um, and so, so they you know, would... they had, they were following me on the dates. You know, they, you know there, were, there was some good stuff, like, you know, a picnic and meeting other girls and um, all that type of stuff. You know, so, I mean, there was that, you know, going on as well. Yeah, I'm curious. So um, if they they followed you, they would, like, videotape you on being on a date? Yes, they would. So it must have been, I have to assume, it must have been a very, um, like, you, you, I'm sure you had to explain to the date, hey, these are who's following me. Um, was that a scary experience to explain to your date, like this oh, yeah. is who's yes, far and what? Well, it was more, I didn't, obviously I didn't say, oh, you know, like they'd show up and then there's some people on camera, so I'd, I'd explain in advance. <laughs> right, um, right. Um, actually, though, um, in one case, I there was, a, there was a girl that, like, we never got together and we know each other in the past. Um but there was maybe some chemistry behind us, and so I actually sent her the sizzle reel. And um, so she contacted me, and she thought that I was asking her out. I said, oh, okay, sure. So we, we, we went on a couple of dates. Um, but at the end, you know, I just realized that um, that we didn't have that chemistry that I thought maybe we would. So, I mean, for her, I, I just emailed her the sizzle reel, and she knew it right away. Um, and then trying to meet other women, I, I just got really bold and, I would just like outright um, tell the women I was in a documentary. Like I just meet them and say, "Hey, I'm in a documentary about this. Would you like to?" You know, I just pretty much put it out there. Um, and so the last girl that I was with, um, you know, she said yes. So I mean, she knew from the very beginning about the documentary. Um, so I just learned to put it up front, which was very scary. You know, just saying that up front. Um, but but she agreed, and we actually um, we ended up getting together um, in that documentary. So so we actually became a couple, and then uh, it didn't really work out, so we broke up. Um, and you know, but th- that was just the way I guess things happen like that, unfortunately. But yeah. Um, so I mean, I was even in a relationship during the process of that documentary as well. Um, That's awesome. And oh, so it sounds like. Oh, sorry, I missed what you. Oh, I was. I, just, what you it said. Sounds, uh, I was just to say, it sounds like 
I mean, just listening to it, it sounds like almost going through the experiences of having to explain these. This is this documentary. This is the sizzle reel. This is what's going on. Has given you more confidence in in just communicating with you know with girls and with and different people you're dating. Um, perhaps. <laughs> I I don't know. I still sometimes find myself even now that the documentary is over, scared to approach someone. So I don't know. Mm. I, I I think I'm a bit more confident though now. I, I would say I definitely have become more confident and a little bit more bold. Mm-hmm. I've learned like I used to be like super scared to really put myself out there. Like I I'd be more, um, like more become like a friend with a girl first, and then kind of like um, mm-hmm. gradually show hints. And so I've learned to be more like just outright um, say you know you look interesting. Um, Tell me about yourself, you know, so kind of making it more knowing that, you know, I want to get to know her and maybe um, date her or something, whereas in the past I wouldn't do that, you know, be so obvious. And more like like in the past I'd be more like, oh, you, hi, my, I'm Armand. Um, yeah, I run an autism group. We're looking for some volunteers. How about you mm-hmm. volunteer for this? You know, which is probably to her, oh, she, he's just looking for volunteers, so I wouldn't be right. as... um up front, so I've learned a little, I guess I'm getting better at being up more up front, although that's still very scary for me and still something I'm working on. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it, how much of that is just being a guy, seeing someone that they're attracted to, and it's, you know, you get those butterflies. It's, it's, it's a challenge for everybody. Um, well, yep. I, you know, I was kind of curious, you know, I, I, I think it's really, I'm really interested in, in the group that you run, um, and and I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, to talk a little bit about that. But you know, before we get into the group, why don't we give ourselves? I see we've got a break that we want to take. So why don't we take a quick break? Um, and when we come back from this break, we'll we'll spend a little bit more time talking with Armand, and uh, maybe we'll start talking a little bit about the uh, the men's group that you run, and uh, how that got started, and, and some of your experiences with that. Sounds good. Beautiful. Well, we'll be right back, everybody. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. At AST, we recognize that every child is unique. We are proud to offer what we believe is the most cohesive approach to supporting your child's needs and goals at each stage. From ABA to speech therapy, occupational therapy, and social skills, we have the elements you need to build the plan that is just right for you. One company, one team, with one mission to support individuals and their families to dream and achieve their full potential. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-727-8274. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host or today's guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. All right. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio, everybody. I uh, wasn't quite sure when that when that ad was going to end or if there's going to be something next. It's the it's the adventure of a new show, a new format, uh, a new site. Um, so we're back. We're it's part two of of our show, um, talking with Armand Cody. Um, we're talking about uh, your experiences with uh, the documentary Autism and Love. Um, but I'm also really curious about uh, the autism group you run. And I think I had said at the, the beginning or into the break that it was a men's group, but um, but I think you corrected me. It's not. It's a it's a co-ed group, right? That is correct. Yes, it's for adults. 
Um, is this... and, you know, we... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. You, you, you're on a roll. Yeah. So, um, it's the, you know, we have like 18 to say 35 is probably the age range. Um, uh, that primarily comes to the group. You know, we've had a couple of older people come, but then they kind of get intimidated because, you know, it's a lot of young people and, mm-hmm. um, um, it probably works better that way. Um, so, um, it, we have a, well, it's, we meet three times a week, but we have, it's once a week we have our social skills group. And, um, and a lot of people seem to really like it because I, I make it fun. Um, of course, not all of it's fun, and, and they don't like that part of it, but um, it starts off, and we do a game, um, a social, like an icebreaker game, and they, they really enjoy it, actually. So we have this fun icebreaker game. Um, and then we get into the meat of the group, which is uh, we do um, scenarios, acting out social skills scenarios. So it might be um, talking to someone at a bar. It might be talking to someone at a group setting. Um, just a lot of, you know, learning, like, learning about your body language, learning about, um, your speech, learning, you know, so it's a lot about, you know, developing self-awareness, um, socially, um, so we make it real, we do real scenarios, we don't like, um, we don't have a script, we don't script it out, which which is a bad idea, don't ever script out things, um, and, uh, you know, we just say, go up and pretend that this is real life and that you are in this situation and just see what happens and then we critique it. So we say, okay, this is what happened, you know, um, and, you know, they, they act like, you know, so it's like we, we don't, you know, over-dramatize or anything like that. We just make it like real-life situation sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final part, which is what the, which is the fun part, you know, people kind of sometimes get bored during the, the second part because, you know, it's like real life and, like regular conversations, um, but it's a class, I mean, so they have to get used to it. But then after that, we do, um, and for some reason, they really love it. We do like free form improv. We'll give people characters like, you, you're going to be Batman, you're going to be SpongeBob, um, you're going to be Hulk Hogan, and you guys are all going to be in a, stranded on a desert island, or you know, some random stuff. And uh, yeah, and they have a blast with that, and and uh, really love that you know, acting as different characters, which I think is really good because it gets them out of their shell and they start getting animated and, um, have you know, they have a blast doing that, which is pretty awesome, actually, because I'm, I'm surprised to see how willing they are to, how willing the group members are willing to put themselves out there and, and, and do this improv stuff. Um, you know, like some members, like, the, like they'll come the first and like, oh, they're too nervous to do it, but then the second week, they're like, oh, I mean, after they see everybody having fun, they want to do it, like they want to, participate and be a part of the group, which um, is always surprising to me because I know, like, I would maybe get nervous about that, but for some reason with this group, found a way to make people not nervous about it and have fun with it. So I think that's really awesome in that regard. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. You know, I, I, I want to go back. You said something, and I was hoping you could expand on it. When you were talking about part two of the group, you were talking about the role playing, and you said not to script. Like, don't create the scripts for all of it. It's more free. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I've heard from numerous teachers and numerous people that once you do, if you have a script, what's going to happen is, um, and I've seen this happen, and and a lot of people, like sometimes I meet people with autism or Asperger's and they, like, talk in a scripted manner. Yeah. Um, um, If you script is that they think that's how to talk and, and, uh, um, and I, I used to talk like a scripted way too, and I sometimes still do. I think sometimes, but not as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like you think that this is how you're supposed to respond. It doesn't. It's like you're. It's almost like I, I think autism and Asperger's at times. It's like if the computer could talk. You know, like like that's what what I feel it is sometimes. Like like yeah. it's like you program. It's like you're given a program. Like you have a script. Like this is the program. Follow it. And, you know, a computer does what you tell it to do. Um, uh, some people might not appreciate me comparing autism and Asperger's to a computer, but it's, it's true in that regard sometimes. Mm. So, like, the kids, you know, especially, you know, like, in school, they're going to, you know, repeat the script, you know, for different reasons. Either they think that's appropriate or, or they want to please the teacher. You know, they're like, oh, I want to make the teacher happy. Yeah. So, 
the teacher told me the script, so this is what I'm, you know, they, they have the mindset that's the right thing to do. They don't know how to deviate. So the good thing about what, without the script is they learn about deviations and um, learning that thing, you know, that, that, that conversations are fluid and it's not so much about a script, it's about a concept more or less. You know, like there's a general, I think, concept of communication, mm-hmm. like, um, um, which I've, you know, uh, uh, it's hard to explain, but I think hopefully some of the listeners understand what I'm getting at here. Oh, absolutely. I think it makes you're explaining it really well. Just that that ebb and the flow of a communication and the the tangents it all can kind of go on. Oh, absolutely. Um, right. I'm kind of curious about you know you talked about people who come to the group for the first time. Are, are people who come to this group for the first time, are they people specifically looking for social skills and dating skills, or do people come to the group for a variety of reasons? People come to the group for a variety, for a variety of reasons. Some people are looking for dating skills. Some people are looking – the biggest reason, according to a survey that we did, was to make friends. So a lot of people just want to have friends, and they, yeah. and they have nowhere else to go to make friends. Um, a lot of times – the parents force them to go, but then they end up mm-hmm. loving it and say, bring me back. So they, the parents are like, oh, I'm afraid he's not going to love You know, the parents will call me and suddenly, you know, I'm afraid, you know, it's his first time, and I don't know how he's going to take it. And then the kid's like, "Some, you know, that kid, I mean, they're adults, you know, they're, they're you know, 18 and older. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they feel, they're like, Mom, I had a great time. I need to come back. So some of them, you know, uh, they just they, the parent brings them, and then they actually want to come back, which is kind of which is weird, you know, because it's like a, you know, a group like this, you know, if parents force them to go, you usually think that they don't want to come back, right? And sometimes yeah. they don't, you know, probably because I, I don't think it's necessarily the group or anything, you know, maybe they just they don't want to do anything that the parent wants them to do, so they don't they say, I'm not coming back, you know. But a lot of times we get them, we have group members that, that want to come back and they come back again. So I, I'm impressed. Uh, that impresses me because I'm, I'm surprised because I know if my mom at that age, you know, like when I was in my early Twenties, you know, I, I would be like pissed off at her for trying to, and I just I tried to fire. Not even if I did enjoy myself, I wouldn't, you know, uh, show that. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious if if you some of the participants, um, do you have people who are adults who are coming to the group? Maybe they're in their twenties, maybe they're in their early thirties, who maybe um, were diagnosed in like later in life, you know, post. Yes, that that is very common. I'm curious. Actually, you know, for the people in the 30s, that's, that's more common. The, the 30s, the late 20s. Yeah. Um, I'd say when someone's about 24 or younger, a lot of them have been, a lot of the group members have been diagnosed at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, definitely the, the 30-year-olds, um, definitely later in life for a lot of them. So I, I, we got a Facebook question recently, and I was, I was hoping to maybe uh, get your perspective on it. You know, one of the things that, some of the guests on the show in the past have said, and some of the conversation we've heard is, um, you know, we had one, one guest who got diagnosed in his early 20s. He was now in his late 20s, and he was saying that, you know, it really helped him to get the diagnosis. It, it kind of helped him explain, like, okay, this is why. I've never felt like I fit in. Yeah, I've had a Here's lot of group why. members tell me the same thing, you know, that, that was yeah. very helpful. Um, and we've had group members just like uh, like him, you know, diagnosed in the early 20s, and now they're, they're in the late 20s or early 30s. Um, so that, that's definitely something very common, actually. Do you and ever a similar see... response, you know. Do, do you ever see... Oh, but go ahead. What was you... the question? Well, I was going to ask you is if you ever see the opposite, where people are, I'm here at this group, but I'm now depressed that I know the why. And do you ever have any words of wisdom for... Or, or do other people in the group ever have words of wisdom for them? Um, I think I might have encountered someone like that a couple of times on the internet. Yeah. But I don't. Maybe, maybe I have encountered one person in, in life like that. It's less common, or, or maybe they're so depressed they don't seek help or something. I, I. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I mean, I probably have. I. We have. Um, according to our meetups, that we have over 160 members. Wow. Um, we get about 10 every week, and then we have we actually have another group that meets once a month, and we get over 20 people for that group. 
Um, so, and I've had a lot of members come and go, and sometimes I just forget faces and forget sure. things. And um, well, I guess I mean, it's I've a had, good thing. You know, there have been. I've definitely on the internet there have been people who have contacted me, um, yeah. saying that they're depressed about autism. I've met less people though in person like that. I guess that's probably a good thing that people are are generally more positive and, and feeling more hopeful and encouraged by you know, having a diagnosis and where they can go from there. Um, I would say, I would say yes, uh, that is a yeah. good thing. I, I want to flip to the other side. So I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of a young man. He, he's been a regular contributor to our show. Um, he, he's, a, he's an old friend of mine. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a bit younger than you are. And I think if he saw and heard this conversation and saw, you know, the idea of you on a date uh, on, you know, whether it be on the documentary, uh, hearing some of these stories, you know, he would bring, he would just be so hopeful. Um, he, what you're talking about, this idea of, you know, dating and socializing, making friends, finding someone um, to be a partner with, um, it, it's something that he cares so much about right now that he's in his early 20s. Um, I'm wondering if you can maybe, you know, if you have any words of advice for someone who is starting the journey that now that you yourself are midway on um, in terms of dating as well as just socializing. Right. Yeah. It's, I get actually a lot of dating questions because of my involvement in the documentary, but also even before I was involved, I did a lot of videos on dating on YouTube. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy about the documentary, even though even I've been cut, which is, you know, sad, and I would have loved to be in it. Um, I think that, and I'm excited, you know, because there's going to be, I think, some stories in there that uh, that will give hope to people like him. Um, mm-hmm. But my my advice is um, find one girl if you have a sister or someone. Find a girl that you know just that can be a friend that can critique you and work on you um, with with social skills, and, and I'm going to give you specific examples here, because I've really Great. worked on this and I understand it. Um, so, you know, find someone that you can practice with, just going up, um, pretending to, to you know, um, you know, have a conversation with, like, ask them out for coffee, you know, just, you know, go over that over and over again and learn how to accept criticism. Um, if you can find more than one person to help you out, you know, more than one girl, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even find a guy friend to help you out that, too, if possible. Um, and then not only that, try to see it from the perspective of a woman. And what we do sometimes in our group is we'll, we'll, we will reverse roles because it helps the, helps the group members see from the other perspective. Nice. And it helped me, actually, because I, I discovered it by accident. Uh, one time I was, we, we had no girls, and we were doing a dating scenario. I said, okay, I'm going to be the girl. Pretend I'm a girl and go up to me. And then, then it clicked, and I started to see how, like, a girl might see a guy approaching her. So yeah. also have, you know, have, you know, pretend that you're the girl have the other person approach you um, so that you can see you can see like how a guy might approach someone or and then you can kind of gain a better uh, understanding that way nice no I, I I love that advice and and I'm thinking of my good friend Nick and I feel like that is just great advice for him so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make sure he listens to this show and downloads the podcast so he can he can hear what we're talking about. Um, you know we got. And a I wanted to say one more left. thing. We actually did a we had a dating um, another dating group scenario thing. We actually were able to get some girls from a nearby college to come over. We had like ten girls come over, and um, we did we did what we just talked about where the guys would approach the girls and then get their feedback. But but then we reversed it and had the girls approached the guys like they were guys and the, and the guys were girls. Um, and everybody was like, what? You know, they were, they were kind of freaked out about that at first. But then the girls, they were like, wow, you know, we learned something. You know, we, we saw from the guys' perspective. So, I mean, these, were, these, these girls were from a college. They weren't, you know, they didn't have autism or Asperger's. You know, they were neurotypical. Right. But they actually gained something from, from that as well. Awesome. Um, and so, actually, everyone took something away from that. That's awesome. 
You know, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know you're, you're, if I'm not mistaken, you're right now working on some writing. You're, you're writing some, some of your memoir, some, some of your experiences. Um, and I was curious, you know, what, what inspired you to, to start doing that and, and opening up and sharing even more of your life? Well, well, this has been a project of mine for over 10 years. Um, wow. So, yeah, I've been, I've been working on it um, for over 10 years now. So I, it's uh, it's almost finished. I, I, at least I think it's almost finished. Um, I, you know, I, I just keep editing it. And I was having a very hard time figuring out certain parts, you know, what to put in and stuff. Um, but how, how that all got started was I told you about that essay I wrote in the 11th grade. Yeah. And a lot of people liked it. I got a lot of positive feedback. And one person um, suggested, they're like, you know, you should turn this into a book. And, the, you know, they said it like in a way that would be like super easy or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I took their advice and I, and I, and I, I said, well, this essay is really good. I, I like the essay. And I, I said, okay, if I can make this into a book, you know, and make it just as good as this essay, mm-hmm. it'll be a really good book. Um, so I got started on that. I wrote that essay in February of 2003. So if we go by when I first wrote that essay, I've been working on this project since February of 2003. Wow. Um, I started the book, though, about a year later. Uh, that's when I started writing it, so about 2004. Okay. So you can say I've been writing it for 10 years or 11 years if we go by when I when I wrote the essay. Um, I technically think it started with the essay since that kind of evolved into the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there have been periods where... Literally, I, I've been writing where I took like three months where I, where I was not employed or anything, you know, and I'd be writing for three months straight, eight hours a day, sometimes mm-hmm. ten hours a day. So I've been, you know, it's not just like, oh, I've been like casually writing this for ten years. I've been seriously devoting my, myself to this book um, for the past ten years. You know, it's been a big part of, the biggest part of my life for the past ten years. Um, so hopefully I can get it finished soon and Hopefully, I can get an agent and get a uh, and have it published and everything. Um, yeah. Some I had some people read it. Um, I had uh, one of the autism coordinators from the Inland Regional Center read it. Okay. And they were having an autism conference in 2012. Um, and uh, um, actually, you guys were there. AST was there, but you know they they allowed speakers there, but they didn't allow any. Um, I mean, like they they had the speakers were uh, were vendors, but they didn't allow the vendors to have their own booth. But okay. They they loved my memoir. I mean, the the autism person, the autism coordinator, loved my memoir so much that they begged me. I'm not kidding you. They you know they they, they even got permission you know, that I could sell my book. They're like you know just print it out, you know print out a bunch of copies and. and sell it and I was like no I can't do that and I was worried about people stealing it and copyrights and it wasn't finished in my eyes but they loved it you know they they begged me to to print it out and sell it at the at the conference um they were like this is really really good um and uh I've had similar reactions because I've had you know feedback and stuff and a lot of a lot of people read it have been like this is really really good you know that's not me saying that that's these are people yeah um, saying that, and I don't think that people be like, this is really, really good. You know, people might be like, oh, I enjoyed it or whatever, but, um, you know, I mean, if people didn't enjoy it, you know, they, they tend to be nice and say, oh, I liked it, but they're not going to be like, you know, this is like, you know, incredible, you, you know, this needs to be published, and, you know, please print it out and make sure everybody, you know, gets a chance to read it sort of thing, so, um, yeah. Nice. Is there a specific, like, is there, are there specific themes you find yourself coming back to throughout the writing um, or is it more of a narrative of your life? Well, um, it is a narrative of my life, but there is a theme and and I think that one of the reasons it's taking me so long to finish it is that I didn't realize what the theme was until very recently. Oh. Um, and I feel like the theme focuses on friendship. Hmm. Um, which, I mean, you know, I mean, if I say it like that, it doesn't sound all that exciting. I don't really want to give too much away, but, I mean, that seems to be the, sure. a big theme. Um, is fr- Well, not just friendship, but also, you know, connect, connection and connecting to people. Yeah. 
because, you know, it's about how I don't connect to people. And I think it's, you know, it shows the evolution of learning to connect to other people over time. Um, and I feel like that's probably the, uh, the major theme of the book. Well, it's certainly an appropriate theme for everything we've talked about today and, and so much of the other work you've been doing. You know, it seems like people connecting is, is a big part of everything we've spoken about, whether it be the, the, the meetups you run, whether it be um, the documentary you participated in. It, it all comes back to connecting with someone else. Uh, I guess. Um, you know, we got a couple minutes left, and one of the things I wanted to make sure we talked about is, and it gave some people some information on, is that you've also done a lot of, you know, like me, you're taking advantage of YouTube. I know I do a lot of, I do a lot of blogs, I do a lot of videos, and uh, it, it's it's something you've been doing a lot of. Um, is there, is this something that you know, you found has been helping people beyond the group? Um, is there a specific thing that you kind of are finding that the video is, is, is helping you kind of get out there in terms of a message? Um, well, I get a lot of emails um, from people saying that they found the videos very helpful, so um, I must be doing some good. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of your videos about? Well, there's over 400 videos. Oh, wow. I didn't and I think I've covered almost everything about autism. You know, there's the dating, there's eye contact, there's hand flapping, there's uh, making friends, there's employment, there's um, there's just a wide range of topics. And I I have talked about a great deal of those topics. Right. Well, is, if, if people wanted to go check out the videos, would they just, would they search your name? Would they look for some you know, it's specific probably easier to access my videos through my website. Okay. Um, because um, my name is kind of hard to spell. And okay. uh, well, I just want to give a quick note about my website. So I haven't been on it in a couple of months because I had, a, okay. had something come up which consumed a lot of my time. And I'm now in the process of redesigning the website. It's going to look really nice. Um, so I'm going to redesign the website soon. It still looks decent. A lot of people say it's easy to navigate. It looks nice, but I want you know I'm going to look for and it's going to be looking like super professional. Okay. And um, so that website redesign should be coming out in you know the next couple of weeks or so. But um, the website is empowerautismnow.com. And then from there, people can get to your YouTube channel your Twitter and your Facebook as well, right? That is correct. And the blog. Oh, and the perfect, perfect. Um, you know, fi final minute or two, final question for you. you. You know, I feel like you're the guy who's doing a little bit of everything and you're, you're so active. Is, is there anything kind of new you have in the works, something new that you're kind of working on for the future? Um. Well, I definitely have a lot of uh, ideas out there. Um, I, I want to do more of YouTube, and I have some ideas in that regard of a new channel that I want to start up, um, which would involve, which involve you know creating, which involves putting the spotlight on people who have not yet been recognized on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and then. I'm also starting my own. I've started up my own business right now, uh, selling on Amazon, and uh, I have an idea that maybe this can be something where, um, where it could be, you know, a nonprofit for autism and Aspergers uh, sells for Amazon, and you know, like the people um, from the groups, you know, they they pack it and send it out and. And I could give people jobs this way, but right now I'm doing it, you know, for myself. But I had this vision of, you know, this could be something bigger. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Um, you know, talking to you, hearing your story, seeing the, the things that you've put out there. You know, I really mean it for for a guy like 
my friend Nick, I, I'm, I'm excited to expose him to some of, some of this and some of this information because, you know, knowing that he is where he is in his life, you know, being in his early 20s, starting to really get really interested and motivated by this next phase of his life, you know, some, your story really, I think, is really inspirational and just sets such a great lesson and, and motivation for him of just how much he can accomplish and just how I, I really think how, much, how capable he is to be able to achieve these goals too. Well, thank you. If he lives in Southern California, he's uh, more than welcome to come to the group sometime. Uh, he does indeed, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass him along. Um, thank you so much for being on the show, and, and, uh, and I, I hope you had a happy new year and, uh, and you're having a good start to 2014. All right, thank you. And just one last thing. On my website, empoweroxymnow.com, there's also the um, links to the meetup site so people can access the meetup site for the group if they're in this area, Southern California. So oh, putting awesome. that out there as well. Thank you so much. I, I completely forgot to uh, to ask you that question, so I'm glad you I'm glad you prompted me. Um, it sounds like that website is going to be the the central piece to to find out all the different information for these different projects. Uh, and exactly. I know I'll pass it along to him as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Armand. Um, all right. Was- all right. Well, we've got. Looks like we got about three minutes left. Uh, I just wanted to take a uh, last couple of minutes. Uh, you know, this year is going to be a, another fun year. I, I was talking about it at the tail end of 2013. Uh, I'm really excited to to move this conversation in, in a few different directions. Um, really, not just focus in on the the same conversations we've had, um, but but add some new voices, add some new perspectives. And uh, my hope is to actually add some perspectives that I don't know a lot about or, or in some cases I may disagree with. And uh, we get to understand maybe some of the reasons for a disagreement or, or what the different points of views are um, because that's going to lead to answers and solutions. It's, I think avoiding these topics kind of – it doesn't do any of us any favors. We kind of have to talk them through and learn and listen to them. Um, so we will be uh, moving in that direction, and I'm really excited to also uh, bring some guests who are uh, in the trenches doing work, uh, bringing some different perspectives of, of parents who they talk to each day um, and, and are learning from, and, um, or parents themselves, as always, who are, who are giving us that, those, those great experiences. Um, so, uh, as always, if you have questions, if you have comments, please send them our way. If you have show requests, please send them our way. I'm always, I'm always curious. We even had uh, at least one guest over the last few months who contacted us actually through our Facebook page uh, by asking to be part of the show, and he was, he was an interesting guy who we said, yeah, let's do it. So um, if you've even got an interesting idea, I, I'm all ears. I think it's great to just get these different voices from our community together. Um, so, as I've said, Facebook is probably the best way to post these ideas, thoughts, comments. Um, Autism Spectrum Therapies Facebook page is there, and we're responding, and I, and I answer all of your questions and comments there. Uh, also, if you want to email us, more info at autismtherapies.com. Uh, those emails get to me and, and get to... Uh, our team here, and we're always loving to hear um, from you. And then finally, um, you know, as as we get through the new year, you heard me send this message. I'm going to send it one more time. I promise this is the last time, though, for the end of the year. Um, if you guys are, any of you out there are accessing services um, and you're using your private insurance, keep in mind, open enrollment just passed. Just verify your benefits. Double-check. Make sure that everything is, you know, up to speed, nothing's changed. Uh, you'd be surprised how when you go through an open enrollment, how sometimes things change and you may not be aware. So give your insurance company a call and just verify. I swear that was the last time you hear this, this message from me. Um, I will talk to all of you guys next week. 
Hope you have a fabulous week, fabulous weekend, and we'll talk to you next time on the show. Take care, everybody. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of Autism Spectrum Radio. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.autism. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.